We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. We're slowly learning that fact. And we're very, very pissed off. I'll be honest with you, I don't know how to feel about all of this. Um, I should be happy about it. Uh, I don't, I, but you know, look, the party's coming to an end. That's no fun. Uh, that's right. I'm doing it again. I've got another job. Uh, it's funny because I, you know, <clears throat> I will say that um, I tried lots of different things uh, to get a job. Uh, I, I, there were many times I got very close. Um, I had, uh, but one thing I didn't do was I didn't really hit up my friends. There were friends of mine that I knew were working certain places. And, uh, you know, so, you know, I, if, if uh, I saw a job there, I would certainly you know, apply for the job and then write to them and say like, hey, I'm looking for this, you know, I'm, I applied for this job. And uh, one person in particular who um, I, I, I applied for this job, I sent him the thing, and I was like, okay, you know, any help would be appreciated. And he was like, very positive. He was like, yeah, right, let's do this, or whatever. And then, um, and then I, uh, I, <laughs> I found another job that I liked. And so I did the same thing. I wrote him, and I was like, hey, let's, uh, you know, any help would be appreciated. And he goes, let's uh, see what they see, say. Let's see what they say. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, that's not as optimistic as you first were. And you know what? It, it's Look, it's not his job to get me a job, but it was just so funny that, like, it, it was clear that nothing was going to happen. It was clear he was not going to be able to help me in any way at all. And it was kind of a drag, too, because uh, that job, I, I mean, I could do that job, and it was fine, and the commute would have been good. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It just It's all very strange how all of this works. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. Uh, the music today is Mike O'Connell from his album, uh, let me look. Uh, sad songs to get sad to. Let's take a listen. This is a tremendous album. It is sad. Uh, don't get me wrong, but it is. It's it's one of those sad albums where the lyrics are so well crafted that uh, I uh, I just had to buy it. Uh, so this album I got. Because he was a guest on Pete Holmes's podcast, uh, You Made It Weird. And he played some songs and talked about how he was trying to do stand-up and trying to do music and all of this stuff. And uh, I, you know, it's, oh, it's, um, it's streaming for free on Amazon if you have Amazon Prime. So I highly recommend get this album, listen to it, stream it. Uh, you know, you can do that. That's, of course, what we do mostly with our Amazon Echo is uh, we stream music from it. And so if you've got Prime, you hook it up, you know, you hook Prime up to your your your, your Echo, and then anything that's available through the music streaming just goes right through your Echo, and then hopefully you've got better speakers hooked up to it. But, you know, the one that comes with it, you know, the tall one is fine. The little hockey puck is garbage, the speaker in that. 
So, uh, yeah, uh, get that album. It's great. Uh, this is the song that made me want to buy this album. It's called Rainbows. And uh, it's all about how, how you have to make your own rainbows because, you know, the world, you know, rainbows just don't happen. Like, they are made. And you, if you want that joy, you've got to make your own joy. Cannot be counted on the rainbows are mostly up to you. So speaking of uh, getting a job, uh, I have gotten, I got contacted a lot by recruiters and they all seem to have an Indian name, not to be racist, uh, but then a couple of times I would see uh, in my email, I have, I use this weird email program that comes with my web server, uh, but it would show like the flag of India uh, next to their name as if they weren't in the United States, that they were in India. And all the companies that they represented were like, good times, jobs for fun, for free, now call. You know, dot com. And, and all their phone numbers were 650. But it was really strange because they all would come at me like, hey, we've got this great job opportunity and this and that. And then I would give them my resume and then nothing. I would never hear from them again. I would never hear from the companies that they were supposedly repping. And it was weird. It was almost as if they just found a job wreck in a dumpster somewhere and they were like dusting it off and peeling off the used condoms and eggplant and they were like well uh, we got another one let's see if we can get this uh, let's find a job for this as if that's the way it really worked like could you imagine you're some staffing agency you just call up google and you're like Hey, you know that job that you have available? Um, we've got a candidate for you. And then they're like, who are you? <laughs> like, we we don't work with you. We only work with certain people. We're not just working with just any idiot who calls us up saying they've got a candidate. And of course, you know, I, I just got tired of these folks after a while. And I'm just like, none of not, this never goes anywhere. This is all garbage. This is all horseshit. You don't have any contacts with these companies. You're just sort of winging it. So uh, uh, things to recommend. Um, uh, lots of good stuff out there. This is really the time in my life, the first time where I've been uh, thinking like, wow, I have a backlog now of things I want to see. So uh, the two things I will recommend that you probably have not watched. Uh, I think I've already recommended Patriots, but if I haven't, I'm going to recommend it again. Even if I have, I'm going to recommend it again. Uh, it's on the Amazon streaming, uh, and it's about a super spy who is not as supported by his agency as well as he should. And he also has uh, some weird family dynamics, and he's kind of chronically depressed. Now, I know what you're thinking. Why would I watch this? It's It's funny for starters and it's just the dynamics and the interplay between the characters fantastic that's Patriot on Amazon Prime oh and The Tick I should also say on Amazon Prime also really good 
it's a darker, darker version than the cartoon that we grew up on. And it's it's really good. But there's some there's some weird stuff in there that I I uh, I really dig. Um, okay. Oh oh, I'm sorry. Finally, the one that I'm watching right now. Oh I'm oh I've got two more. All right, I got two more. One is the animated series Big Mouth, starring Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, um, oh, uh, Maya Rudolph, Fred Armisen, tons and tons of great people, and it's um, an animated series about going through puberty, and it's fantastic. Not only is it wickedly funny, but it's got a lot of heart to it as well, and it's just, you know, it, I wish... I wish they would show this to teenagers, honestly, and be like, yeah, you know what you're going through? We're all going through it. See, here's a show about how we're all going through it. And they say our love will never work That we're chasing rainbows We're being absurd And if we're not careful We'll both get hurt But I So I've been thinking a lot about, uh, not to get too heavy on you, but I've been thinking a lot about uh, what is therapy exactly, right? Like, because so many therapists don't really say that much. And I, you know, I I, I had therapists before and I, I thought they were okay, I don't think they really got me or, or you know, I, I don't know. Maybe their style wasn't mine. But, you know, one of the greatest breakthroughs I ever had in therapy was I had always gone through my life saying like, oh, I don't care what people think about me. But it turns out I actually did. But I got there by myself. It was just me talking out loud in therapy. And then that's what finally got me there. But if I can just do that on my own, doesn't that constitute as therapy? Isn't that enough? I mean, if I am self-aware enough to notice these things, now keep in mind, there are A, a lot of people who are not self-aware, but B, who are also severely messed up. And, you know, like messed up on the level of like, you know, borderline schizophrenia and and all like all the whatever is in the DSM guide to mental health and all those brands and terms like those people. That's like you got to have a, a chaperone through your therapy. But for somebody like me, who's just sort of like trying to figure it all out, it's like, God damn, do I really need you in the room to do this? Like, if I, you know, it's sort of like the trainer right at the at the gym you could just go to the gym yourself and work out you know maybe you want a trainer for like a first couple of months but after that like you kind of got this you don't need this doofus anymore and i know a lot of people like a trainer because it's like oh it means if i'm paying somebody to do this then i'll actually do it as opposed to which is so fucking stupid because it's like you're paying the gym why isn't that motivation enough? Oh, well, it's different. If I'm paying somebody to do a thing with me, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I am under the impression that Barney Miller 
is slowly killing the cast of Barney Miller. That's right. I think Hal Linden is in the world's longest assassination plot ever. I mean, think about it. He killed off Steve Landisberg, who played Dietrich. He killed off Jack Sue, who played Nick Yamada. This year, or was it last year, he got finally Abe Vigoda after everybody thought he had been deceased for many years. And also, in the same year, Ron Glass, who uh, you might remember as the preacher from Firefly and Serenity. So look, Max Gale, the guy who played Wojohowicz, uh, you better watch your you watch your ass, right? Because I think it's just kind of the two of you left. And um, Hal Linden, I saw a video with Hal Linden the other day. He is not looking good. I think he has uh, uh, dentures that don't fit quite right. Uh, and but I have to say, oh, and then oh, so I watched the video with Hal Linden. Hal Linden had a really good point. The path that he took to get there kind of looks like the path uh, that Jeffy takes in Family Circus. Uh, and unlike unlike Jeffy, like, Hallinden actually did make his point, which was actually kind of an interesting point, um, which was, you know, in um, sitcoms, you have tiered levels of writers, right? You got your A-list number one guys, you know, they get paid more, uh, they've got more responsibility, they're probably writer-producers as well. But then your secondary team is a group of people who always want to be top tier, but aren't. So as soon as they get a chance to be top tier on another show, they'll take it. And so what Hal Linden's point was is that you are constantly losing your second tier of writers because they're always just leaving. And so as, you know, as soon as that second tier leaves, the third tier becomes second tier, and then everybody takes a notice of that new second tier on this hit TV show, and they're like, shoot, man, we should get those guys for our show. It's kind of a weird, self-cannibalistic system. And then, of course, eventually you're going to lose your first tier guys because no TV show lasts forever. And so you'd kind of like to jump that ship while you're still hot and happening as opposed to like when Barney Miller like either calls it quits or gets canceled. And what do they know? They can't see the tears that I'm crying and the drinks that I'm buying to make your memory go. You said I know it hurts But you So here's a philosophical question that I don't have the answer to, but maybe we can all come and figure it out together. So I was watching Tropic Thunder on Amazon the other day because uh, I was home. uh, Nobody else was, you know, it was nighttime. I was like, I'd like to just sit and watch a movie. And uh, I uh, was watching it. And that goddamn that movie is fantastic. That movie is really interesting because... It's a comedy, but it's a big budget comedy and it and it borrows so much stuff from, you know, legendary movies like 
you know, Jaws and Close Encounters and Apocalypse Now and, and how well it mimics the genre of Vietnam War movie. You know, they've got all the music and the vibe and everything is so well done. But there's uh, a part in it and and this is a, a weird thing now we've gotten into where there are certain things that are just prohibited. You just can't say them at all. And it does not matter if good people are saying them or bad people are saying them or endorsing this thing or not. You just can't say it. And when, uh, when Ben Stiller threw in the line, you know, you never go full retard, uh, I, I don't think he had, I know he didn't have any idea what he was getting into. I just recently heard an interview with Jay Baruchel who uh, plays the the young uh, uh, army guy in that movie. And he was like, yeah, they had no idea the backlash that they would get over that. They thought the backlash was coming from the fact that Robert Downey Jr.'s character uh, had surgically altered himself to look African-American. And... Uh, and yeah, and so now we've got this movie, this fantastic movie that's got this piece in it that everybody hates. This politically incorrect landmine, and I don't know what becomes of this movie, right? Because there are other movies that we can think of that suffer the same fate, and you just are like, well, what do we do with this? Do we watch it? Do we enjoy it? Do we, can we say publicly we enjoy it? with the caveat that we all understand that that sucks, what do we do? Because, you know, maybe we do. Maybe the answer is we throw the baby out with the bathwater. I don't know. It's weird. Because there are, you know, there's, 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 you know, blazing saddles. Another perfect example. You know, it's got the N-word in it like a dozen times. But then again, so do like a bunch of Quentin Tarantino movies. And like, people still like those so I don't know I don't know I don't know what the answer is I'm just confused as usual and I like to think that you cry and I lick the tears from so uh, the other day I was talking to my parents and we were talking about uh, how expensive glasses are because I have glasses my mom has glasses now this kid of ours has glasses and so um you know, I, I was uh, lamenting the fact that when I was uh, getting glasses, uh, the lady was really trying to aggressively upsell me on um, on lenses and frames. And, and most, no, it was just lenses. It was just like, well, you get this coating, you get that coating. And of course, I've been watching way too much uh, Big Mouth lately that I instantly start Nick crawling it up. And I'm thinking to myself... Uh, you know, the woman is like, listen, you want uh, you want an extra coating for apocalypse protection? Sure, it covers all apocalypses, right? Uh, zombies, nuclear, uh, biochemical, I don't know, but look, you better get this coating. It's $500, but look, in the apocalypse, you don't want to be that guy from the toilet zone, right? Who's in the library and he can no longer read forever? No! Because I guarantee you, this optometry firm will not survive the apocalypse. So I tell you what, you should get the apocalypse coding. It's only $500. Why not? Yeah, so there's that. 
<laughs> so, okay, so um, let's uh, let's get a little serious. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait! Before I get serious, let's let's talk about this. Um, uh, all right, so I got two things before we get serious. One is I think I've realized what people like about New York, like the people who are like hardcore like New Yorkers, uh, especially the people who were born and raised there. It seems to me that the thing that they like is uh, their, uh, knowing their neighbors. And it seems like because you're just all stacked on top of each other and everybody lives in an apartment or a brownstone, but even the brownstones like share walls and everybody's out on their stoop, like you're just sort of forced to know your neighbors. And, uh, and uh, so... Um, it's it's a weird it's a I, I I guess I I guess I would like that I don't know it just all depends on your neighbors I suppose you know I've had good neighbors bad neighbors well, whatever anyway just my thoughts on New York I guess boy that was not interesting uh so um oh and then uh finally uh, uh Julie Bowen we uh, uh uh Miriam and I are fans of the television show Modern Family. And Julie Bowen uh, is the uh, mom of the three kids, if for those of you who don't know the show. And she came back after a summer hiatus with some real bad plastic surgery on her face. And she had already gotten her tits done years ago. But the plastic surgery on her face, like, she's not that old. And I don't know what the fuck prompted this. But if I was the producers, I would be pissed because it's like, look, you're supposed to look like a regular housewife mom, right? You're not a movie star. You're you're supposed to look like a mom. We need you to look like a mom and not a mom who gets facelifts. And more importantly, you need to look the same season to season to season. I mean, poor old Carrie Russell on... uh, Felicity, she cut her hair and everybody took a shit. And that, that'll grow back. Like, can you imagine getting a facelift and showing up to work and being like, hey, this is the new me? And everybody's just like, oh, god damn it. You know, all those people are mad when, when their star gets pregnant, but at least that'll only be for like nine months. This is like, good god, how long is this gonna take before her face fucking relaxes? Christ. Okay, oh, so, um, I realized at some point that everything that we are mad about, everything that sets us off and it's all sort of visceral and unexplainable, dude, it's all shit from our childhoods, right? It's just everything from our childhoods. And I don't know why we can't get past that, why we can't move on from those scars that uh, we got from childhood. Like, why are they still there? I'm not the same person. But you look at Donald Trump. Like, what made him has to be from his childhood. Like, that's not shit that he developed in his 30s. That's all from some nastiness that went down when he was like 12. And, you know, you, the, the same thing that goes for the fictional character, which is probably based a lot on Donald Trump, uh, the, uh, the Kingpin from the Daredevil TV series. Like, he's a guy who 
is, you know, a world-class businessman. But if you hurt him in a way that a bully in his childhood, or in his case, his father hurt him, um, he flips out. And certainly the times I've, like, had a hair-trigger flip-out moment, it's always because somebody said something from my childhood as an adult, and I'm just like, and my eyes bug out, and there you go. Um, Yeah, and I don't understand it. This is another thing that I don't have the answer to, but I think at least knowing what it is uh, is a good step forward. Uh, I always like, uh, you know, when uh, Trump was campaigning, I I do like it when Miriam was just sitting watching TV with me, and she goes... What did his dad do to him that he acts like this? So anyway, uh, yeah. Oh, hey, you know what? I guess I didn't really talk too much about uh, my new job. Um, I will keep the uh, the details of what the position actually is and what I'll be doing a secret. But I do. I noticed lately that I've gone through some pretty rapid mood swings. And I have a feeling it is about taking this new job and just, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just that whole, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's overwhelming, but it's a lot of work to start a new job. You know, all of these jobs I go to, they all have like proprietary systems, you know, different things. It's not like, you know, I'm a designer and I'm going in and I'm just like, yeah, I know how to use Photoshop. Give me Photoshop. I'll do Photoshop. It's it's different. It's all just like meeting and it's all different people and a different commute and just everything is just weird. So, I don't know. I think that is weighing on me a bit as well. And I think also I've really enjoyed this last week uh, because I got the notice that I got the job on Friday. And this is the um, Friday before, you know, the Monday where I start. And it's just weird because I'm just like, ah, damn. Like, I really love doing whatever, whenever I want. And like... You know, I've just got a schedule of, not a schedule, like a to-do list, and I can just do them whenever. Uh, and I'm definitely going to miss that. And I I don't know. I don't know. I guess, you know, it's one of these things where you can't really put a word to it. It's just sort of weird, freaky emotions that you just have to plow your way through knowing that you're going to be better on the other side and you're not going to be weird and emotional forever. Uh, Also, I just want to say as one final thought not to be a total bummer is um, I've been thinking a lot about James Bond and Bugs Bunny and how similar they are and how much I love that formula of both of them and I realized recently uh, you know because both of them have a definite formula and I love that formula and I just want to see that formula play out a hundred different ways but that I want that formula of like you know Elmer Fudd sticks his gun down Bugs Bunny's rabbit hole and then Bugs just pops out the other side and you know he's like hey man what's up doc you know and 
Same thing with James Bond. I wanted him to be like martini, shaken but not stirred. Uh, and, you know, when they deviate from that, it pisses me off. But I'm also kind of realizing that there is no modern-day Bugs Bunny, especially on the comedic side. Like, there's no... I mean, I guess Vince Vaughn was kind of a modern-day Bugs Bunny for a while, but he hasn't done anything for a while, so I can't really count him anymore. But I really wish that there was, like... like I, I want another Bugs Bunny. I want somebody who is silly and funny and weird. And, and, and I love that thing about Bugs Bunny where he is always in command. He is always in control. And those times when he isn't, again, it ruins the formula for it and it kind of sucks. And so I wish we could, like, get it. Like, and, and that's another reason why I say Vince Vaughn is sort of like a modern-day Bugs Bunny because he had... That Bugs Bunny swagger, that Bugs Bunny confidence of like, hey, we're going for a ride. Let's go. Earmuffs. So from me, from the music of Bright Brown and Mike O'Connell, go listen to him on Amazon. I'm sorry. I just had to check to make sure it really was Mike O'Connell. Uh, So from the music of uh, Bright Brown and Mike O'Connell and me, Gosh, I don't know when I'm going to have time to do this again, but we're going to do this one more time. Till then! Till then!